You're listening to my friend's place on WGOTLP Gainesville.
That's the way things have always been You can never win Oh, no, no, no
All right, that's brand new music from BDRMM. It's just a bit of blood. Uh, maybe one of my favorite song titles of the week here on uh, my friend's place here on WGOTLP Gainesville. Before that, you had Django Django, Complete Me, featuring self-esteem. Then it was Daisy and Military Gun with Pressure Cooker, uh, the Mannequin P remix. We've heard that one a couple times before on my friend's places. I love that early 90s, like Manchester sound. Uh, Happy Mondays-esque, I suppose. But then after that, you had uh, three new uh, songs. One, first up, from BC Camplight, The Last Rotation of Earth. Then it was The Golden Drags with Vista. And then after that, you had John Andrews and The Yawns. That's a great band title, by the way. Uh, But anyway, that song title is Checks in the Mail. And as I uh, read that, I was thinking, are future generations going to have any idea what the checks in the mail means? I'm guessing probably not. So, uh, very interesting song title there, but also very much uh, sound-wise out of the 60s. So, anyway, um, before we break into more new music, I do want to talk about uh, one of my favorite show segments here that I call Rawslawn. Now, it's been a little bit of uh, time since I've done an update for Rawslawn, but uh, just kind of uh, recapture what I was doing. Way back in 2022, I was motivated, and I set out on a very personal journey uh, for myself. And what I really wanted to do was to discover um, Gainesville's greatest slaw. Now, usually when you hear slaw, you're thinking coleslaw. Uh, my journey, it doesn't necessarily have to be coleslaw. And um, speaking of my journey, thus far, it's taken me all over Gainesville. Um, all the way from Adams Rib, which is located on uh, 13th Street, all the way over completely across town to Northwest Grill, which is over uh, by on 39th. Not too far from the uh, WGOT tower, by the way. But today, I have a brand new chapter that I'm going to add to my story as I continue my search for the best of America's favorite side dish. And I think we all agree on that. It's coleslaw. So in today's uh, Raw Solid episode, I voyaged to the very heart of Gainesville. Downtown Gainesville, to be exact. A place I love with all my heart. A place that I've spent you know, many hours, especially back in the Simons days. But due to work obligations and other things, I don't often visit downtown like I should. Mostly due to the parking challenges. However, it was a weekend and I knew I could park downtown. So what I decided to do is I ordered a chicken sandwich and um, from a very uh, well-known restaurant downtown. And normally you would get hand-cut fries with it, but for raw slawing and because of my love of coleslaw, I opted out of the hand-cut fries. Uh, instead, I asked the uh, person on the other end of the phone if I could have their coleslaw. Now... Quick reminder, it's been a while since I've done raw slawing, but there are two really important rules so that I can kind of give you the context of this uh, challenge. Number one, you cannot 
add any salt, pepper, garlic salt, garlic powder, whatever, or any other types of seasoning to the saw, which is something I normally do for wherever I get my saw from. I'm gonna look at it, probably add a little bit of pepper on top. That is not an option in raw slawing. The other really important rule of raw sawing, besides not adding any seasonings to it, is that you have to separate the slaw independently of whatever meal you just had, because I do not want the quality or lack of quality of that main dish, that meal. It cannot affect my objectivity of my slaw evaluation. Otherwise, it's a totally false slaw narrative. So I got back from this restaurant and I placed my slaw in a temperature controlled refrigerator. And I set my slaw alarm on my Apple Watch for 2.36 p.m. Sunday, which was exactly 24 hours after I consumed uh, that chicken sandwich. So I go to my temperature controlled refrigerator, I take the saw out, and I gotta say, pop, obviously pop the top off. And the first thing that really I noted mentally is that um, the saw was a heartier serving than what I was expecting. In other words, it was bigger. Uh, definitely bigger than the other two restaurants that I've evaluated so far. Um, here's the thing though. Size doesn't matter in raw slawing. I want to make that really clear, um, especially for people that want me to evaluate their coleslaw. You cannot win my heart by giving me a bigger container of coleslaw. Again, I'm going to totally be objective. So after I noticed like the size of the slaw, um, there were two other things that immediately caught my attention about this coleslaw um, upon opening the styrofoam container. First, and here's a negative, there was not much of a variety of color, which in raw slawing in my book, that is an automatic half point deduction. So I was a little disappointed about how um, homogeneous this coleslaw looked but there was something else that caught my attention about the slaw and that was that the cabbage appeared to be chopped at a much longer length than most of the other coleslaws I've sampled on top of that looking at the cabbage they were irregular links so you might be thinking right now oh He's going to deduct another point. But no, to me, that can be a positive here in Raw Slawn because, in my perspective, it makes me think that this coleslaw that's a little bit longer, that's not all chopped exactly to the same length, it makes me think that perhaps this restaurant chopped it in house instead of buying a pre cut cabbage mix. So that, I actually kind of erased that point deduction for. Other things about the saw, probably, um, I've got to say, of all the saws that I've uh, sampled so far, I've got to say it had a really 
nice aroma, and a most excellent moisture ratio. So what I don't want in the slaw, I do not want my slaw dripping wet with mayo. But I also do not want my slaw totally bone dry that needs some kind of a sauce lubricant. And I gotta say also, this slaw, the taste was excellent. And I think, so far in the competition, uh, this slaw was the freshest and also perhaps the most simple slaw I've sampled thus far. Now, I'm sure you're really excited for this. It's time for the raw slaw and big reveal. Now, before I reveal the restaurant, let me say, none of the restaurants involved give money to myself or to WGOT. It's 100 independent of that restaurant. There's no underwriting, there's no payola. So with that said, let me go to the big reveal of this uh, really nice batch of coleslaw. This coleslaw is from the downtown bar slash restaurant Lucy's. And again, they have paid nothing for this consideration. And what I'm gonna do for Lucy's slaw, I'm going to give them a seven heads of cabbage out of 10, which will put Lucy's on the big slaw board in second place, right behind Northwest Grill at 7.5. And a little bit down on the slaw board, you have Adam's Ribs at a 6.0 with their slaw. So there you go. That is raw slawing for this week. Again, if you have a great slaw, you know, a restaurant that has a great slaw, you want to um, DM me and slide into my friend's place uh, direct messages, then please do so as I'll be going around all through Gainesville trying to discover the greatest slaw in Alachua County. And now that we have that done, let's get into some new music. Love this song. It's Moorish Idols, Nocturnal Creatures here on My Friend's Place.
summer's
Okay, ending on a little bit of a drum and bass action there. You had Jose Gonzalez with Visions, the Dungeon Remix. Before that, in that half hour of music on my friend's place, you had a new one from Morsh Idols, Nocturnal Creatures. Uh, then it was Shonen Knife with Stop Motion. After that, you heard uh, Cable Ties with Perfect Client. Uh, then it was Yola Tango, who have a brand new album coming out. Uh, that song titled is called Sinatra Drive Breakdown, and there you go. You are totally called up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place. So before we transition into more awesome new music, let's do a quick movie review. Uh, and I want to talk about a movie that's right now, it's video on demand, it's not streaming anywhere. It might still be in the theaters if you really uh, get motivated to watch it, but uh, the movie is Babylon. And after watching Babylon, I think a lot of people kind of have the same exact question. And that question is, what did I just watch? Um, I've heard it or read it so many different times from uh, people who I trust their opinion about movies. And um, one such person would be Fred Souter, who uh, used to host Stripped, still the stand our station manager here. Um, that was almost his exact sentiment coming out of the movie, and he saw it way before me. So, what did I just watch? It seems to be like a really uh, common question about Babylon. So, exactly what is Babylon? Well, how do you describe a movie like this? Um, Alright, let's say, or I'll say rather, um, it's a coke cocaine-fueled, um, manic journey through, I think, 1920s Hollywood as, uh, the silent movies and the actors and the industry were transitioning over to the, I'm gonna put this in air quotes that you can't see because it's radio and podcast, but in air quotes, the talkies. So, from movies that had no sound to movies where all of a sudden the sound is very important. And uh, I gotta say, as far as like reviewing this movie, manic, like in all caps. I know I can't uh, give you all caps in your uh, car, but uh, manic here is the key for this movie. And is definitely like, if you were gonna describe um, Babylon in one word, manic would be the answer. And I kind of think the director would be all right with that. Um, so, the question remains, though, is Babylon any good at all? And I gotta say, personally, for me, that is a tough question to answer. And I'm going to try to do so by quoting the late, great Alan Thicke, probably best known as the dad on Growing Pains, but who also wrote the lyrics in the song for the Facts of Life theme. So, to quote Alan uh, Thicke, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the Facts of Life. And that is a pretty apt description of anyone that's seen Babylon. So, um... It's a totally mixed bag as far as like uh, entertainment goes, and the movie itself is very uneven. However, at least 
It isn't a CGI mostly movie. Uh, it's not a sequel. It's not a movie based on any existing uh, intellectual property. It, it's totally standalone, so I can respect it for that. Although, if you watch Babylon, like myself, you could possibly get a total sense of deja vu if you've ever seen Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. Because the plot of Boogie Nights is very, very similar to um, Babylon, and a lot of the things that happen are very, very similar. Um, so what's the good part of Babylon? Uh, well, i got to say, the, like the art direction, the way the movie looks, uh, the costumes are fantastic, and then also the set design. All of those things are like Oscar-worthy, and they're excellent. Um, as I would also say the cast is, which includes kind of a who's who of Hollywood. Uh, Brad Pitt has a major role. Uh, Margot Robbie, another major role. Um, so there are a lot of really famous people in here, good actors. That's a good. But how about the bad? And uh, the bad, I've got a huge strike against the movie. The bad is actually the script. And uh, that's a hard one to get over in a Hollywood movie if the script's not very good. And I gotta say, um, the script for Babylon is an indulgent mess. Babylon, you know, it's a three-hour movie that should have been easily slimmed down to a two-hour movie. Um, the tone is constantly shifting, which in and of itself really isn't that much of a problem with movies, except for um, in Babylon, in this three-hour movie, there are scenes that aren't really necessary at all to further the story or add anything at all to the story. And I can give you a really good example, and I don't want to do like a spoiler here, but after two hours, there is a scene near the end of the movie that Stone goes like a full horror movie. And that scene goes on for like, I don't know, 25 minutes. And to me, it felt kind of like a random like video game side mission these characters were going on. It had no real place in the movie at all. Um, overall, though, with all like the stuff I've said, I think I actually kind of liked it. I think. I may have to come back and revisit um, my opinion later on. Um, even though I liked it, I can't really recommend it to anyone. So, if... If you like um, movies about like the early, early Hollywood period and you like period pieces like, you know, in history, then you might like Babylon. Or here's another reason to watch it. If you love the movie Boogie Nights as much as I do, um, then Babylon might be like a, a movie that you would also enjoy. So there you go. Um, in addition to the art design, the costumes, and the great cast, Babylon also has a really cool soundtrack. Now, normally at this time, I would play you a song from that soundtrack, but it doesn't really fit into a radio format. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to play a song, Radio Babylon, uh, from the great 90s electronic band, Meet B Manifesto. So here you go. It's not from the soundtrack. They should have found a way to put this on the Babylon soundtrack, though. Here you go. You got Meepy Manifesto, Radio Babylon. Hey! 
Closing out that set, you have brand new music from Miss Grit, Nothing's Wrong, and thank you for listening to uh, my friend's place on the BGOTLP Gainesville. Before that, you had a classic one going all the way back to 1990 from Meat Bean Manifesto with Radio Babylon, a song I played because uh, previously I reviewed uh, the movie Babylon. Uh, then after that, brand new music from a band that was quite active uh, back in 1990, and they're still active today with a brand new album coming out 
You heard the first single from that album. It was Depeche Mode's with Ghost Again. Then kind of kept the Dave Gahan theme going two songs in a row. You heard Depeche Mode. Then you heard uh, the lead singer with a solo effort, uh, Chains, which I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, is a Ravenettes uh, cover, which very interesting that he would pick that one, but pretty cool cover nevertheless. And then after that, you had a Jacksonville band, Lands, with Bonfire. And there you go. You're completely caught up to everything you've heard thus far here on My Friend's Place. So what I want to do next, I want to introduce a brand new show segment uh, that I'm going to simply call Old Man Angrily Shakes Fist at Clouds. So if you've seen the Homer Simpson, or not the Homer Simpson, the Grandpa Simpson meme, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or I guess the alternative title could be Get Off My Lawn. Anyway, I'm going to use a part of my platform here on WGOT and podcasting through Cramlaw Radio Shows um, to air out my grievances, Frank Constanza-style um, Festivus. And I like to think you know, that mostly my show skews a little bit younger uh, than the other WGOT shows because I play a lot of new music and a lot of new bands, but this segment is where I truly show my old age. And uh, so here we go. I'm going to do the very first episode, and I've got something uh, each episode that I want to complain about. And today on Get Off My Lawn or Angry Man Shakes Fist at Clouds, I'm going to talk about gems. Specifically, my gem, who I will not mention their name because they're not an underwriter, they're not a sponsor. I'm just going to call them P. F, and you could figure it out. I think, um, but really, my grievance is mostly with the people that work at the gym, and not the actual business itself. So um, I'm going to work our way up from the small grievances on the scale uh, to the largest grievance. So number one, we'll talk about the yoga mat people. Uh, now, my gym P F is divided more or less into two parts within this giant like warehouse and uh, I gotta say it's pretty much wall-to-wall with uh, weight machines and treadmills and ellipticals and stationary bikes and everything else so there is not much open space and um, for whatever reason there are people that come to the gym I think they're looking more to do yoga and like stretching type exercises which is totally fine. I actually like yoga. I think it's very helpful. Except for the yoga mat people, they put their mats directly in the walkway. Now, part of that is because the gym is just really not set up with an area for people to do yoga and stretching. Uh, so they set up you know, the walkway right next to the back wall, which means uh, to get around them that you have to hop over the yoga mat people constantly and here's another really old man like reference so think about playing the old Atari 2600 game pitfall where to get across this like pit of um, quicksand you have to jump on the back of three crocodiles in a row to make it safely across that's kind of the issue you have with the yoga mat people gotta hop 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 and then you're safe the other main issue with the yoga mat people is that, A, if you just set your yoga mat up 
parallel to the back wall, then no one has to jump over you. That they don't. They are perpendicular. And there's about, I don't know, eight feet of space between the treadmills in the back and the wall. And a yoga mat takes up about six feet. So do the math there. That's number one on my uh, list of grievances today. Number two, I'm going to call this group the squirters. Now, I know what you're probably thinking, and it's not that. But ever since my early days working out, like, at University of Florida, the Southwest Rec Center, or even before that, sneaking on uh, to the military base in Cocoa Beach to work out, there's been really only one rule, and that would be to bring a towel and wipe down a machine you're using um, if you're sweating after you use it. Which, you know, to me, I think that's pretty fair, pretty basic, and easy to follow. But now, at my gym, PF, there is kind of another unofficial procedure. So instead of, uh, like, a sweat towel, you use uh, their brown paper towels, which, i got to say, don't like them. I don't like the texture. I don't like the smell. That's a me problem, though. Uh, regardless, instead of using, like, your classic uh, towel... We use uh, their brown paper towels to wipe down the machines, and again, that's totally fine, especially if you're sweating all over the place, because no one should have to sit down in like a puddle of your sweat. But, at Planet Fitness, it just isn't enough for people to simply wipe the sweat, sweat off. Now, in addition to the brown paper towels, there are these spray bottles of some unknown, unlabeled uh, chemical cleaner that people spray all over the machines when they uh, finish using them. Now, keep in mind, uh, most of the people at my gym, PF, they really aren't sweating, or not sweating that much, uh, so there's not necessarily anything to wipe up after they get off the machine. Um, it's not like, and I'll throw like an old school reference out uh, for anyone that worked out there, the old goal, or Gainesville Gym, which was on 6th Street, not too far from uh, PF, um, which had a barely functioning AC and a lot of roided out dudes sweating their butts off every day. Um, PF, my gym, is uh, mostly kind of an older and doier uh, crowd. I'll throw myself into that uh, mix. And uh, kind of working out at a casual pace. And so, like I said, myself included there. I'm not throwing shade at anyone. And But in other words, there is no real sweat to wipe up after most people use the machine. Now, um, the problem is these same people that aren't sweating, and they're kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to throw uh, shade out. But anyway... These people that aren't really working out and they aren't sweating that hard, they now spray down these machines every day with that unknown chemical um, after they use it, even if it's like for one rep or like, you know, 10 exercises basically. And I have no idea what this cleaner is. What I do know for certain is that you have people not really working out that hard, but they are working out vigorously to spray down these machines. Uh, and the seats they were sitting on, kind of like um, if you're at a pool party with a super soaker spraying down your friends. 
and you go to use these machines and it actually looks like someone peed in the seat which means you have to go back the person that's going to use the machine next and you have to tear off like another brown paper towel just to clean the puddle of cleaner off of the seat which really didn't need that so there you go I'll call them the squirters grievance number three at my gym I'm gonna call this group the farters I know what you're thinking is farting actually an issue at my gym well not that specific kind of farting uh, we'll totally leave that for the hardcore uh, yoga studios where there's lots of farting going on. Um, what I'm talking about here is verbal farting. Now look, um, if you're walking or let's say running on a treadmill or some other elliptical or bike and I choose uh, the treadmill right next to you, uh, totally adjacent with about six inches of space, I'm not going to go to that area and just rip a nasty, smelly, wet fart. And if I did that, you'd have every right to be uh, mad at me. Um, and realistically, my fart's probably going to smell like for a minute or two, and then it's going to be gone. So let's say I rip like another disgusting fart again. And that's exactly what I'm talking about by my verbal farters. Except, instead of like a methane fart, replace that smell with sound. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about here in a minute. So, in a half-empty gym, if you choose to come next to me on the machine closest to me, that's fine. Even if there's like a hundred open machines. Uh, personally, I wouldn't choose the one machine that's closest to you because I value my personal space, but hey, um, maybe I'm a little bit different in that way. However, if you choose the machine right next to me in an empty gym and you sit down and you start kind of uh, half, I don't want to use the word, so I'll say half A-ing, I know what A-ing stands for, and then, after one minute, you pull out your phone, and then you're at call someone, or you're taking a call, and then you talk, like, for 15 minutes nonstop, then you are a bad person. And I have to say, this seems to happen to me all the time. I don't know if I'm a magnet for this type of gym user or not. Maybe I'm oversensitive, whatever. And look, I know that the gym isn't a library, and I don't expect you to sit there in total silence. But the other side of that coin is, or coin rather, it's not a restaurant, you know, where you're sitting there with a friend sitting next to you and you're chit-chatting for uh, 15 or 20 minutes either. In fact, I think at a restaurant and you're, I say, sitting by yourself and you're abiding by restaurant etiquette, if you pull out a phone and you're having a conversation loudly for 20 straight minutes to your phone, then I think the people around you would consider that a party foul. But anyway, I digress. Um, again, if I'm working out right next to you side by side, and this time let's say I don't rip a nasty part. Let's say I pull out a Bluetooth speaker, and I set it up on my machine, and I start listening or watching a show, uh, listening to a show rather, or listening to music kind of loudly, 
you'll probably look at me and be a little bit annoyed. Um, just like the same example before, if I farted next to you. And uh, the gym that I work out, I'm going to probably give it away with this clue, but it is known for a lunk alarm system. And that is a system where there's a really large alarm that goes off when you slam down the weights. Basically trying to discourage people like, you know, I'll call them the meatheads. So that alarm goes off if you slam down weights. Now, what they really need is for a lunk alarm for people that are talking uninterrupted loudly for five minutes straight. Like, again, uninterrupted. So look, hey, old dude, because I am really talking about old people here. Normally, you would think like old man shaking his fist at the sky would be complaining about millennials. Yeah, they're not the ones that do this. This is old people, especially if the people that like to sit in a recumbent bike and pedal like barely. So I am doing a little stereotype there. But um, anyway, again, if you... If I, rather, have my earbuds in and I'm listening to a podcast or watching a show or music or whatever and I have my music set for, you know, like on my phone, I usually have it set for like a five because I don't want to damage my ears any more than I have. So I've got mine set on a very low, reasonable level and I can still, you're sitting next to me and I can hear your like really lengthy conversation word for word about how you have like a incompetent boss and you know the people that you work with don't do their fair share and I can hear that word for word then I'm gonna say one thing please please learn the message or the magic rather of text messaging it's not that complicated you do not have to talk loudly next to me uh, for these long periods of time so there you go I am going to wrap up episode one of Old Man Shakes Fist at Clouds or Get Off My Lawn. So let's do something a little bit younger and let's get into brand new music. Now, originally, this next new song was going to be my closer this week. I changed my closer and I'll tell you why after this next block of music. Um, but this was my favorite song that I heard uh, here in the second week of February. It's Facts When You Say here on My Friend's Place on... WGOT LP Gainesville.
giant street It's a part that seems superfluous But it took a giant piece of us But you took a giant piece of
that is new music from Nicholas Albrook, Jackie, kind of rounding out a really fast and short music break as I am right up against the uh, end of the hour and the next great show you're going to hear on WGUTLP Gainesville. Uh, so what did you just hear in those three songs? Well, leading things off, you have facts when you say, uh, definitely my favorite song I heard this week and originally was going to be my closer and we'll talk about why I didn't choose it in a song that I did instead. Uh, then after that, my favorite ska band of the moment, The Pomps, uh, doing a really interesting job of combining like 80s alternative with the ska sound. Uh, that song tight is Elite Inway, and it's the third song you heard off their new album here on My Friend's Place. Uh, and then, like I said before, you had Nicholas Albrook with Jackie, and there you go. You're all called up to uh, everything you've heard this week on My Friend's Place. If you want to listen to the show again, you can find me online at Cramela Radio Shows. WGOT is also online at WGOT.org. And if you want to help out financially, you can go to uh, patreon.com backslash WGOT. And uh, it's a monthly subscription fee. Consider uh, $1 a month. If everyone did that, uh, we would have to uh, do a lot less worrying about how we're going to pay the bills here on WGOT, but um, anyway, we are at that closing track this week, and for this week's uh, uh, My Friend's Place Closer, uh, it's actually kind of a bummer, because originally, like I said, I planned on playing uh, that fact song, When You Say, um, because it was my favorite song this week, but then um, I learned of uh, David, and I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce, mispronounce his last name, uh, Julio Cour. I mean, it looks French in some way. Um, I've never heard him by that name, or referred to by that name before. But anyway, um, I heard about his death on Super Bowl Sunday, and that kind of changed my plans for this week's Closer. So uh, if you're like me, you may not recognize that particular name, because that's not his stage name. Uh, David uh, Jolie Coeur um, actually performed under a name that a lot of you, I think, are going to know, uh, True Boy the Dove as one-third of the group De La Soul. And for me, along with Public Enemy, De La Soul was, uh, you know, really one of the first hip-hop bands uh, that kind of got me interested in the genre, crossing over uh, into the alternative world and actually into the Top 40 world, too, which was uh, quite a feat back in that time. Um, I gotta say, De La Soul, they have a unique sound, really hard to describe, and have, like, a totally unique vibe and you know style and all of it I love because it was so different than what was out there in the other uh, hip-hop artists and uh, like I say they're still here in 2023 uh, the hip-hop band I've seen perform live the most often I think I've seen them four or five times altogether so uh, really sad news that uh, True Boy the Dub passed away this week and here is your closer that's De La Soul's biggest hit and probably still my favorite uh hip-hop rap record of all time it's de la soul me myself and i Myself and I. It's just me, myself and I. It's just me, myself and I. 
formed an image, there's no need to lie When it comes to being plugged one, it's just me, myself and I 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 From me, myself, and I. This my person by stating I'm darkly packed. I know this, so I point at Q-tip and he states black is black. Mirror, mirror on the wall, shovel chestnuts in my path. Just keep all nuts with the nuts so I don't get an aftermath. But if I do, I'll calmly punch them in the fourth day of July. Cause they try to mess with third degree, that's me, myself, and I. Nah. It's just me, myself, and I. It's just me, myself, and I. It's just me, myself, and I. 